0: hi before we get into today's podcast just a quick trigger warning for anyone who may be uncomfortable with some of the themes that we cover today there will be some some heavy stuff we talk about like essay and trauma and stuff like that so uh, this is just your warning you know if, if if you're uncomfortable listening to those themes listening to some of that stuff maybe skip this one or maybe just make sure you're in a comfortable sort of setting and stuff. Before you listen to this one. Thank you so much. Hello, and welcome back to the Christian Wreath Podcast. As always, make sure to leave us a review on Podchaser, on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to the show, it really, really helps us out. And you know, I'm really I'm really trying to kind of just push the show as much as humanly possible right now across all platforms. So if you do that, You'd be doing me a big favor thank you so much uh, and also of course if you want to support me and what everything that we're doing here make sure to subscribe to patreon patreon.com slash christian reeve and get access to bonus podcast content as well on in addition to the god how many at least 239 episodes and counting that we're on now today's guest is an entrepreneur spiritual guide and founder of rebellion road coaching her name is Holly Nicole Stoomba, welcome to the show, how are you doing?
1: Hey, I'm doing really well Christian, thanks um, for having me, it's really da, great to be here.
0: Did I nail the name?
1: Yeah, you did pretty great, I'm really impressed actually. Yeah,
0: I should have asked, that was <laughs> the that was...
1: butcher the last part, you know, the last name all the time. <laughs>
0: this is what I was thinking, like that's normally the first thing I do when there's a tricky name, I, I like check it with a guest beforehand and I forgot to do that because I was just distracted by other things, but great. I'm happy that we. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's so much to to speak about with regards to yourself. Um, I, I I guess I would just want to kind of delve straight into like how you got started with teaching yoga, and you know, sort of mentoring in mm-hmm. general, and everything else that you do. So, sort of walk us back a little bit, give us a bit of a history lesson.
1: Yeah, let's go from the la- a blast to the past. Um, wow, I love that question. It's actually a, a it's a sweet story, honestly. Uh, it started when I was pregnant. T- almost 23 years ago my oldest son will be 23 in december and i was on bed rest i was young i was like 22 uh and just on bed rest and didn't really know what to do with myself and i went to the doctor and was like what can i do i need to do something i'm going to go bonkers just sitting at home all day reading books uh and they approved yoga so i started to go to um uh what am i saying went onto uh the blank like, direct tv satellite tv and found a yoga class there and that's how it started but i little did i know that it would bring me towards so many different things in yoga uh but that's honestly the the bare the bare roots of the story that's how it started quite simple <laughs>
0: what's kind of changed what what would you say the biggest changes with regards to yoga in the last sort of 20 odd years because obviously the practices themselves and the techniques stay the same but is there like a particular focus and direction that's changed within that sphere I mean obviously when you Mm. first did it it's like and also as well just another element to this question how has it changed your life
1: yeah I love that I love that I love all those questions um well, yoga's changed a lot, at least in my own life. I think any person who ends up finding it one way or another, it has the potentiality of bringing us more toward ourselves, obviously, like you mentioned in the very beginning, like it is an internal practice. And it's something that we, the shapes and a lot of the things don't change uh, as far as the history goes with yoga, but how it's infused itself into my life is first, it was a real physical practice. You know, that's really a lot of um, in the Western hemisphere. That's how yoga is really perceived as just this physical practice. And it was for me for a really long time. It, It was, you know, something that just I did. It brought me a sense of inner peace. It, you know, helped me feel good in my body. But then down the line, as my kids grew older and life's challenges started to kick in, I started to think a lot more deeply about what some of these teachers were infusing into their classes, whether it be that quote unquote Dharma, or they would approach, uh, you know, the class with a particular theme or a particular concept. And those started to kind of trickle their way into my own life. And then I would say probably around, gosh, 2006, I started to explore what it might be like to go even more deeper. And so I took my first kind of training. And it was funny, because it was through a gym. I uh, was working there and happened to be taking some of the yoga classes. And there is this um, organization called AAAI. I'm trying to remember and recall some of these names. It's funny. Um, And they were offering like a whole weekend thing. where like, it was a whole event, a big convention, right? Like you could go and get your like Pilates certification, or you could go get your weight training. Um, And this one was for yoga. And it was like yoga in the gym. And, but this, there was a few really great particular teachers who just started to continue to bring that philosophy. And that's really what started to draw me in. And then I this is kind of inter uh, interwoven with my mental health journey as well. So it's hard not to speak to the mental health and like that trauma aspect of things. You know, that's I feel like it's a buzzword now, which I'm grateful it's a buzzword. I want those things to be buzzwords because we're speaking to them more and we're starting to look at it more. Um, And so I ended up finding a really great therapist. Um, I was looking for low cost therapy in Colorado. And, um, as we know, like certain things, uh, it took me, you know, a long, uh, a long time to find the right person, but I did find this person and she actually, um, was, was a yogi herself. And she very much ended up becoming a mentor to me in many ways, not just my therapist. I mean, I, I feel like I kind of scored in that department, um, because she took me down a lot of Avenues and we really started to unpack and explore. And then, as life happens, life happened. You know, I had some really big situations. Um, My son got really sick when he was 15, my oldest son did, and was in the intensive care unit and was, uh, gosh, we didn't know if he was going to make it. And, you know, it was a big, there was all these other situations also coming up in my life at that time. And I remember going to, uh, my, to therapy or calling her and, you know, it was just one of those situations where she was like, you know, this is when the yoga begins. This is actually when the yoga begins. Like the yoga begins right now here in this moment. It's actually the first yoga sutra, um, which is an ancient text by Patanjali. Um, And, you know, that was really when I started to delve pretty deeply into my own practice. I would say even in the last eight years, it's always been available to me. But really looking at what does that mean that yoga begins now? And it was how am I taking what I'm doing physically, what we see, what's projected into, you know, around the globe um, of what yoga is and how is it actually taken off of the mat and brought into our lives. And for me, it, it was what I would call maybe an initiation. It's, you know a situation that is really scary and, and, you know, one in which you don't know what the outcome is going to be. And it can bring a lot of people into, you know, states of mind and places of presence where they don't cope well. And I really am thankful that I had those as tools that were available. And so it changed me into rooting down deeper into myself and seeing how can I apply what I've been learning all the way around in this practice, and how can I apply this to my life so that as things seem like they're falling apart, because they kind of are, how do we use this as a practice to stay present, for lack of a better term?
0: When this was going down and, and your son was is in the hospital and you you're receiving this kind of advice, now I imagine a lot of people in a similar situation and maybe this includes you. I don't know. I'm still kind of getting to know you, your kind of like temperament mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Right. But like, how did you take that when, when they're kind of giving you that information? Like obviously mm-hmm. you'd be stressing out, maybe you're angry, frustrated, upset, depressed, like whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, however, cause we all deal with heavy situations differently. That's just human right. beings, isn't it? Right. Mm-hmm. So like, did you kind of, I guess, respond to that positively initially, or is it just kind of like, walk us through that process? Because sure. it's not going to be like a straight board. Like, I see oh, what you great. get at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know I see what, I'm saying, what you right? get that,
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, I think in certain situations, you know, people, well-intended people can say something that they think is going to help you. And you're like, you give them the finger, you know, you're like, forget you, like forget. I don't know. Um, but maybe not in my, in this situation, I had already been working with her for years. Okay. So that's that's something that to disclaim is she's, a, she's not only a person who I have like relied upon um, and shared a lot of vulnerable things to, but she's somebody who I developed a deep sense of trust with. So as somebody who I would say she was definitely a mentor and a guide, it, it's one of those things that I appreciated it, but I think that's particular to who I am. I'm one of those people where I have spent the gut of my life trying to figure out and understand why I went through some of the things I went through as a kid or, you know, what, what, and not even to think of like, well, what's my piece as much as it's like, well, how can I best bear witness to this situation as scary as it is? Yeah. I mean, it was terrifying. I I honestly didn't know what to do. you know, it's your own child. No one knows until you're in that situation and no one really can empathize with you because if they don't have kids, you know, and vice versa. So I would just say I took it for me as something that was, um, a maybe I guess I could hear how it could be a bit challenging. Uh, but for me, it was kind of like, this is part of that spiritual practice, you know, it, 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 That's the the areas of yoga that I like to really teach people when they are curious about it is this isn't just a practice that makes you feel good and look good because it will do those things because your body's going to respond to what it's a powerful practice. There's a reason why it's lasted and been around for thousands of years. But the deeper aspects of what you know the Vedic texts, or the 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 what they're saying, what Patanjali is saying in his sutras that ask of us to pull back those layers, especially in the middle of a crisis, especially in the middle of a tragedy. It asks us to really get at the core of who we are as humans. Like, what's our humanity? If I cannot bear witness to this moment, mind you. If I had just met her, I probably might not have been so receptive. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Considering, like, you obviously have been practicing this for the, well, your entire children's lives, like, how do they mm-hmm. take it? Like, because obviously they've been brought up in that, like, do they believe mm-hmm. in it too? Or are they kind of like, eh, okay, mom whatever like what
1: how do they take it? I love this question because it's so funny because I always made we make a lot of assumptions about how our kids are going to be yeah. right like we make a lot and I I raised my kids in it yeah for the most part you know I I especially my youngest for whatever reason well they both they both have meditated they both have gone to things with me my youngest especially there was like a few years in his adolescence that he went with me all the time to classes and whatnot. Um, And it really just, it's interesting because I think that as we learn to grow older and we're individuating like they're learning their own autonomy, I think that's a natural progression to kind of reject what your parents are doing, what your caregivers have tried to show you. And, um, you know, my, my youngest went for so long and my oldest went for a little while. And then they both kind of like did that thing where they're like, do you mom? It's fine. like you do you. And, you know, it's interesting though, because now that they're older, my youngest is good, Just turned 21. And he is somebody who's a deep, deep thinker. Really. Mm. He has some real uh interesting depth to him um but he's also really young right and so a lot of when we have conversations that kind of go down this road of if he's dealing with something or something's come up it's you know kind of like the best thing that i can do is say like well i've given you what tools that i could you know these are the tools that i found that kind of worked for me i can't promise that they're gonna (laughs) like work for you because we all have to find our own way, really. Um, But I have a feeling that they'll probably both one way or another, come around to um, at least, I would say some of the foundational pieces of it, right? There's foundational pieces that I think remain. Um, So who knows, they're kind of just like, mom's doing her thing. (laughs) <laughs> they know, you know, my oldest once called told me I'm a bit of an enigma. And I was like, is that a good thing? I think that's a good thing. I don't know. I'm a, you know, I'm an enigma to him in some ways because I am and have changed so much. That's one thing to mm. kind of embed into that other question you had about how yoga has changed me. It's changed me. I am a different person than who I was 10 years ago. And we all will change one way or another just because of time. But when we're in contemplative practices that ask of us to continually be on that journey of going deeper and going deeper and going deeper and really looking at ourselves, that introspection changes us. And then just the studies have shown that meditation changes the structures of your brain over time that lead to you being and feeling more at peace, calm, whatever. So my kids... I actually think that if you were to ask them this question, they would probably reflect that is how much I've changed. And so to me, that's where I think that they have a lot of compassion. And even if like to the depth that I practice yoga to the depth that I have studied it and it is my life and my kids might uh, not understand that they have a certain breadth of understanding because they've watched its transformation on me over the last two decades.
0: So how have you changed?
1: (laughs) A lot. Well, I think that that leads into um, some of those questions around, um, you know, what does trauma do to someone? I grew up in a very traumatic household, uh, my whole family dynamic, and um, you know, I think that's another reason why people find these kind of practices because they need some deep healing, and they've they've woken up early on, especially as children who are dealing with like complex childhood trauma. Um, I say woke up because I know it's just kind of like the terminology, but what I mean that, is like they they recognize that <clears throat> they're in a a different kind of reality you know they're they're in something that's pretty toxic and not all people end up being lost in that if anything I would I grew up in it being like wow this is really messed up
0: <laughs> you is... knew you knew from like <gasps> oh from I knew but did yeah. it click, did it click for you because like something that I realized with certain things is that it clicks when you start meeting other people and seeing different dynamics and you're like, huh, okay, maybe that's not normal then. Was it that or was it just you knew like in a, within yourself?
1: It was both. It was both. It was like, I had that feeling, you know, and I think that's something for anybody who starts going down the path of figuring out um, some type of healing modalities or they're looking into like that introspective work. That's one piece. But then I remember this distinctly, I had a memory of in fourth grade, I went to a friend's house. And um, her name was Lisa. And I remember going over there and we sat down to eat dinner with her family. And it was like, cool. It was good. I remember looking around and being like, this is what's normal. I'm not normal my family's not normal. This is not how dinner time goes at our house, you know, at all different environment completely. And I was, that was the first sleepover I was ever allowed to have. And I was never allowed to have friends over. I mean, you know, when we, if you were to delve into gosh, somebody's story, it's one of the reasons why I love Um, talking to people and sharing stories and podcasting and all that because you hear so many great and interesting backgrounds. And I truly believe it's through that realm that that's how we actually continue to change and develop empathy. And we have a, a deeper thread of humanity together.
0: Did you start seeking this while you were still living at home or was it something that you sort of, you know, you got away from home and then you started seeking healing? Like talk us through that mm-hmm. kind of process and how it began.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, you know, I was sensed that something was afoot, if you will, but I, um, you know, I think it kind of started around that fourth grade. I remember holding a lot of space for my So this would have been my what mom. age? Like God, probably 11.
0: Okay. 10, so I, 11, I just, 12. I have no idea when it comes to the grading system in That's America. Okay. Like, I'm just terrible <laughs> with it. Yeah. Okay. So y- young okay. child, early teens. Yeah.
1: Young child, elementary school, you know, sure. so under 12 years old. Um and I found it in different ways then because obviously I'm I'm 45 years old so we didn't have the internet yet. Mm-hmm. It's just so funny. It's an interesting thing to kind of like recall and be like wow, we didn't have a lot of these digital things. We had cool things like Atari, but um <laughs> you know, back in the day, we we just I don't know. I think like, I just knew that something was not okay. And that I started to then just want to be outside of the home a lot. I just rode my bike all the time. Or it's part of the reason why I I appreciate yoga as a physical practice, because it was something that I could do for my body. And um, it was an outlet for dealing with all of the 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 strain and stress of life, but I found it early on more in in physical activity, like going out and being like, I'm going to ride my bike. You know, there was, as long as I was kind of out of their hair, I was allowed to go and, you know, at least have those as freedom. So I'd be outside as much as I possibly could. Um, That's kind of how it started. But then as I went into my teenage years, I had a lot of troubles. One of those troubled teens, you know, for obvious reasons, and um, I was getting into a lot of trouble, and you know they make you take the the classes. Like, <laughs> you know, I got in trouble at school, and so then they make you take like um, I'm trying to think of what was one of the name of one of them um, trouble kids like class. anger management oh, classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> they're like you're angry, and I'm like obviously, look at me. <laughs> but when you're you yeah, know yeah. going through stuff like that as a kid, like yeah, you're going to be angry. Like, duh. But um, I think that that's actually kind of those those classes for me started to plant the seeds okay, in the same cool. way that I planted seeds with my kids. Right. Like they, they, And I was happy that they did. I can look back and say, you know, when you're looking at anger and they're telling you, like, you need to manage your anger. And so you have people coming in and trying to share this information with you. Not all of it sticks, but some of it did. And, you know, honestly, I, uh, after high school, I, I just kind of continued that physical practice. It was really when I got pregnant and found yoga Mm. on satellite TV because I was by myself pregnant, you know, um, my partner at the time would be off at work, but, you know, I was at home during the day and was like, I gotta do something. So that was really just kind of the progression through, um, Uh, As far as therapy goes, you know, I think that those that kind of just ended up being a progression from some of the trouble I'd gotten into as a kid. You end up in the social worker's office or you end up in the counselor's office. And um, there was trying to remember what their name was. Honestly, I don't remember a lot of names, which I think that that's actually a condition sometimes like just growing up in a little bit of a uh, crazy childhood Um, but I had a counselor in, um, like one of the programs that I had to do from getting in trouble in school and just even for a brief time, you know, just that kindness and consideration was something that helped me really look at therapy as something like I need somebody to talk to. And that's something I think around why it led me into the work that I do, because You know, all through school, we're told what to do, how to do it, when to do it. Um, And then when we get, you know, done with high school or whatever, and we end up, I feel like going through life, thinking that we have to figure it out all by ourselves, and there's this very individualistic kind of like, well, I'll just figure it out. It's fine. And I'm, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm also very hyper self-reliant. I had to learn how to be because I was basically made to be an adult when I was like, as, as you know, tall and what am I trying to say um, from the time that I could stand, you know, we were made to be um, a lot older than we really were. But I started to see the value of like, I can't do this alone. I don't want to do this alone. So I started seeking out people and started seeking out um, therapy, started thinking out, seeking out all of these other approaches and just got really curious. I mean, I think that's just part of who I am. And I would encourage anybody if they are thinking about talking to somebody that they should, you know, find the right, find the people you click with, obviously. Uh, But there's some good people out there who can help you, unlock some of these things that help you lead a more fulfilling life. That's my hope. But maybe I'm still an ever optimist.
0: <laughs> I think that's a powerful element to it as well. Because I've seen people kind of go every direction, you know what I'm saying? And it's like uh, um some of it comes from I think resiliency, maybe a sense of like strength in in just carrying on sometimes that's the best you can do is just carry on and other yeah being like I think a lot of what you're talking about requires a certain degree of like being proactive and w- sort of wanting I don't know how this will sound but like wanting things to get better and like trying to actively seek it and like mm-hmm. not not kind of living in your despair obviously I get it's easier said than done sometimes it can feel sort of overwhelming like when I look at like my life 10 years ago and the person I am today and the person I was 10 years ago, like, yeah, there there were some hard times over the last 10 years and Mm -hmm. as messed up as it sounds, I think like all of that had to happen in order for me to be the person I am today. But you Mm -hmm. go through a circle, you go through like, Oh, you know, you feel sorry for yourself. You get angry, upset, (laughs) frustrated. Like why did this have to happen? Why did I have to learn these lessons in this way, et cetera, et cetera. But then you go through acceptance and you learn, you grow and you choose to like move forward with it. And you know, now I've kind of become the person I always wanted to be. And I, you know, I'd always dreamed about becoming. I'm not completely there, but like the yeah, minds, right. the mindset's there. You know, I just need yeah. the the you know, the bank balance in the job, and then it'll be all right. But <laughs> I everything, mean, mm. you know. the 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 important stuff is there Mm -hmm. and um that took that took you know going through a lot to get there and I suppose like especially when I see people online reach out for advice in like my live streams and stuff and and my community Mm -hmm. and I'm sort of giving advice to people like I kind of pay close attention to people's individual circumstances and also like their mindset like Sometimes getting out of bed, just doing that, that's like impossible. You know, like one of the reasons mm-hmm. I've always kept going is I'm just stubborn. To be honest, I just—I think like, I
1: am too a
0: little just, bit. Do you know what I mean? Like I kind of just sit there. And like right now, I'm I'm in a bit of a tricky situation, right? But I, you know, I'm kind of like, well, how many times have I been in a tricky situation? Like something will work out, and I'm stressed and I'm worried about it, but I know how to sort of manage it and just keep trying to get stuff done keep right? on mm-hmm. keep on keeping sure. on right but there is like this sense of like stubbornness as well that just keeps pushing you like i'm not gonna <laughs> what am we gonna do sit in the corner and just feel miserable and like what i'd be like oh this is terrible what we're gonna do and it's like well that feeling's there i'm not saying ignore it but you've got to use the time and do something change the situation get out of the situation you know but <laughs> Again, go back to what I said before. I do understand, I am sympathetic to the fact that, you know, sometimes your feelings, emotions, etc., don't allow you to, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the concept of like being depressed, being in a state of depression. It's like, it doesn't allow you to do that. It's very different. So it's almost like the equivalent of, I hate to compare it, but like, you know, like when, when you can't quite wake up in the morning, And you've had a coffee and it's still a blur and you're like trying to wake yourself up like shake yourself but it's just not working i feel it's a lot like that it's like mm, you know so when someone comes along and says oh just be positive or you know (laughs) "or have you tried this or oh you know just hang in there it'll be okay like i understand why that's so frustrating because it's like well (laughs) you know i would do all of those things if i could but I don't feel like I can. And Lord knows I've tried. Yeah,
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I can speak to that in a a few different um, veins, I think, because you're, you're not, you're absolutely right. I think that that's um, sometimes advice can be the most unhelpful when people are really in that state of despair right and what's the definition of despair is we think tomorrow is going to be just like today and and when we're in that state when we're in that state it's really hard to think about well i'm just gonna pick myself up i mean the american way or the u.s way is to pick ourselves up by our bootstraps right and just like work harder and that that's not always doable you know um so the work i'm doing here uh in Mexico right now for the, over the, for the next winter, seven months, um, a lot of it is to really help this particular wonderful individual who's a friend, but also I'm working for a bit. And, you know, I'm, I'm leading with this as the example, because I hope it'll create context to um, even just the work that I do at, at Rebellion Road. So You know, I arrived over the last week and really just saw that there was a need because I know this individual pretty well over the last year. And, um, you know, even as an assistant, which is some of the work that I'm doing with her, I just kind of had to assess what was really needed. Like we have to meet people right where they're at, right? If somebody's telling you that getting out of bed is the hardest part of their day, I'm not going to make them go journal (laughs) <laughs> about and, and have a gratitude list like come on you know like they have very different needs that are needing to be met than somebody um like you or me or some of us some of those more stubborn types who are like just give it to me you know tell me how to like make it better I'll do it you know like we're these fighters kind of I think but perhaps when you are in a state of deep depression. You have different needs. You're going to have different needs. So I'm helping this. I'm helping this person. And just yesterday, she turned to me, looks around, and she's like, I feel like I have a mom. (laughs) And I was like, no, you don't have a mom. I'm just your Maslow's hierarchy of needs coach right now. Like, I don't know if you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, but truly, truly baseline physiological needs met. Do you have food, shelter, water, but that we can even take in a layer deeper? Does your body have its basic needs met yet? You know, do you have the right nutrition even to help you you develop and, you know, create some of those good feel good hormones that might need to be improved in order to help with the depressive state that you're in? You know, there's just like a lot of ways in which we can look at you know, human being is so complex that it's not a cookie cutter one size fits all. I never just go tell people, oh, you should just go do yoga. It'll be great. Wow. No. 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 There are so many other aspects and so many other things that, that even when I work with a client, you know, if I have a potential client who's coming to me, I'd just rather would do a lot of deep listening about where they're at, what's going on with them, what are their biggest like three biggest issues that seem to be coming up and what do they feel like they need to work on? Because honestly we're the expert on ourselves. And sometimes just having, again, somebody to bounce it off, those answers come right to you. Um,
0: That's exactly how I am. Like I kind of, I don't know, it's stupid, but like I get a bit annoyed at like advice even though yeah. I know it comes from a good place, it's like no, 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 no. I know what I need to be doing. I yeah. just need, as you say, someone to bounce. off. You're like just, uh, just, yeah. uh, and then the <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, just well, and just let me just grit through it for a minute, you know. And that's yeah. that's you know that's probably why even going back to what you said, you know, when I'm telling you that this my mentor is telling me like the yoga begins now. She knew that's what I needed right then she knows I know how to, to to do the other things and take care of myself. She knows that I'm going to do those things. So she, we're at a different place, right? Than if somebody else were to come and they may have a different need. So literally this this friend of mine, this person really needed different things. So I focused on her nutrition. You know, when they're relaying to me that she's been not, she's in a rut and she's feeling depressed and she doesn't even have time to eat in the middle of her work day and all of these things. Like I hear that. I'm like, you have completely different needs. I'm not going to be pep talking her about, you know, let's get on the yoga mat and meditate. How about we just get you some nutritious, you know, meals that are provided and ready to go Um, at different needs. You know, different needs for different people and you really have to learn how to meet people right where they're at because otherwise we will feel defeated with just a whole bunch of noise. And that comes in the form of well, well well-intended advice, but that we really just, we already know the answer. We already know the answer of what we need. I'm just here to be the, 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 the space holder. For people to kind of cycle through that and figure it out
0: i think i've said it before on the show as well but i think it comes down to like understanding understanding what empathy is and how empathy works Mm -hmm. you know like i remember for a few years i just didn't really get it because i'm obviously a very pragmatic minded person so i approached it all wrong and then when Mm -hmm. it was kind of explained to me like no listen just shut up and be there and you know focus on the basic needs as you outlined before you know sometimes that is legit like I think like I know how this will sound but like let's say someone's depressed or they're upset or just like there's something going on deaf in the family something like that Um, and they're just sitting there Mm -hmm. and they don't know what to do and you just come over and you know you make the coffee make the food clean the house like people will look at that and be like how's that doing anything like this person's getting with this and it's like what you're doing is you're creating normality you're showing yep. the person like okay life does go on yep. you're not up to it just yet you will be but life goes on i'll take care of this so it's not on you all on your shoulders because that's another thing as well when that stuff's going down and it feels like the world is caving in and everything's just gone to shit Like having someone come in and just like help you with that and take a bit of pressure off your shoulders. I mean, that can work wonders. And before you know it, you know, you're, you're back to dealing with it. The pain doesn't go away, but like now at least you can get up and, you know, move yourself around a bit and, and sort of work at trying to process that stuff. Yeah.
1: No. yeah absolutely <clears throat> well <clears throat> excuse me uh you you hit the nail on the head there I think that that's one one of the things uh um when we're looking at stress right stress is in the top five like of like what what is like a considered a killer of mankind yeah, or human for real, or whatever. Man. like it's up there it's one in five or something and when it comes to that stress, what's the first thing that falls away our basic needs, we stop doing we stop taking the vitamins we because we start forgetting because we're stressed out or for me, it's my car, like I'm like the condition of my car for whatever reason, because I just won't maintain it as well. And then I'm looking at it and being like, I really need to clean this car, you know, Um, but it's those things that we don't, that, like you said, creating that normalcy so that, and, and the world really does continue on. That's one of the things too, like that I had to learn and understand. I've always been a go-getter, but it wasn't until the latter aspects of my life. Um, my mom passed away in January of 2020, right before the pandemic hit. Thank you. Um, and it was a complicated relationship you know as i've already kind of mentioned and um but it was in that time that followed that for the first time in my life i can say that i i now understand what other people were saying when they were saying they couldn't get out of bed or they mm-hmm. didn't care like you 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 develop this almost apathy Because you're so depressed that it doesn't matter if you get out of bed. It doesn't nothing, none of it matters, you know, and whoo, those are some tough spaces to be in. And when you're, you know, somebody who like me, I have a background in mental health. Like I understand what's happening. I can conceptualize it. And but to experientially understand it now, I have a deeper understanding. Of what it means to 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 not have that ambition or to not my stubbornness and my ambition actually had fallen away. And I spent quite a long time really grieving. And that was my first real deep understanding also of what grief can do, what trauma can do.
0: How did you deal with that? You look that? like
1: you
0: have a question. <laughs> I've always got a question.
1: I love it. Give them to me.
0: <laughs> I just wonder like how how you deal with that because obviously you come across as a person who is very sort of comfortable in their own skin. They're very on top of all this stuff. And you kind of, you remarked on that. You said like, well, I understood what was going on, but this mm-hmm. is how my body and this is how I'm dealing with it, et cetera. So, so what did you do? Did you lean on, say, your kids, friends, Therapist, how did you sort of push yourself through that and then ultimately get through that period?
1: Well, and I think the key word was to not push through it. Hmm. You know, we have a we have that that the mode of thinking is well, I just have to push through this. I didn't, I couldn't push anymore. My pushing is what had exhausted me. I pushed Uh, myself past to a place where I was in complete and utter burnout. And um, there were other things that had gone on during that time because I was such a go-getter. It really didn't hit me that my mom had passed. I mean, I was there obviously, and I was in it and, but it really didn't, it really didn't land in my body until like two years later. And this was wow. after I, I was in um, grad school of graduate studies and social work. And I actually took a leave of absence because it finally hit hard. And I, could no longer, what did I do? I I relied on my support system, you know, my therapist, she's very much an anchor. And, you know, I, I definitely have some really great people who checked on me. And, you know, it was some part of the process was honestly, thankfully to um, Laura, my therapist, where she just was that reminder, you know, that reminder of you know, this too, you have to be in it. And if what you need now is rest, then you must rest. You know, and that's really what I think a lot of us when we hit like deep depressive states, we don't, but it's honestly the resistance to it. That's actually what keeps us in it longer. And so really changing the culture, changing these ideas about pushing through really was what I worked on in my own therapy around like, well, you know, we are humans and lots of different cultures do know how to handle grief in in ways through their rituals and, and whatnot. But a lot of us don't know how to handle grief. A lot of us don't know how to handle depression. We think we have to push past it. I'm one of those people and had for a really long time. Um, I'm a get up and goer. I like to do those things, right? So, And and that's how I moved through a lot of pain and trauma. And I like to create. And so um, those were natural avenues for me. But when those fell away, because I had hit a place in my life where the depression was so deep, the grief was so deep that i had to really rely on my therapist and deep trust in self and um you know just really communicating that to people i think honestly it's a double edged sword because i had to educate others on what i needed as well as figuring out what i needed right because we don't often know and what i needed from people was compassion and some understanding of like grief takes a long time and it, it, it doesn't, it's not cookie cutter and it's not linear and it's really hard to see the silver lining when you can't really get out of bed. And so honestly, just having those people that were there, some really close friends who were just like, I'm here, I'm just here. Like you said, come and help. Help clean the house, you know, or make a meal or, you know, do anything. And also, um, there is in that state, I will just say, I think it's really important that if I were working with a client who came to me that was in that place, um, my focus with them would be on acceptance and acceptance of being in that state of being, but then also working still on our own perceptions of what that is what that means. My own perception on being depressed is also what held me back, is also what kind of held me down because I couldn't accept it for how long. I just kept wanting to go past it.
0: It's interesting you bring up acceptance. You know, get through well. it.
1: Just want to get through it.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, think, I think that a part of an important element to that is being like, really honest with yourself i'd like to bring up an example that i saw recently which i think is, is is spot on there's this youtuber called joshua flake and um he does a lot of videos about like bad jobs scummy employers that sort of stuff right but when he first started doing youtube he and he's always done that that was always the backdrop of his channel but then here and there he would drop a few videos about his personal life. And unfortunately he'd gone through some really traumatic stuff, separation with his family. Um, he was once part of a little mini cult thing when he was a kid. Um, just just all oh, these like, yeah, like an interesting guy, um, went through some, some traumatic experiences. And then when I found his channel there, I mean, these videos were a few years old at this point, but he uh, sort of, essentially said okay i you know i disown them we're done these are the reasons why and like the videos were for himself but also because he knew they would be watching it was to kind of say like hey this um my hands are you know i wash my hands of you sort of thing and you know, he would go back and forth sometimes with people online about it. And then ultimately, I think he just sort of put it to bed and and got on with his life. Right. Now, he dropped a video mm-hmm. recently, which, which is why I wanted, wanted to bring this up, because I thought it was brilliant um, in his sort of healing journey, if you like. He posted a video and he basically said, I forgive them. I forgive my family. Right. Mm-hmm. And he. Speaking to the point about being honest with yourself he turned around he said those videos you saw for me from years ago where i acted this way i was just trying to be tough i was just trying to be strong against it and be like no screw this i'm not dealing with this etc so he acknowledges that the sentiment was there his feelings were just then he's not denying like or saying oh they were wrong to to have those emotions but he's Mm -hmm. also saying like oh the way i handled this You know, after years have gone by and I've gone to therapy and my life has moved on, things are now better and I'm able to look at this and go, do you know what? This is how I feel. And basically it's a process. I'm sure in his life, there'll be years of of, um, processing that and moving forward. And yeah, I wish him the best of luck. But um, I just thought that was really interesting, you know, years after the fact. Because I find myself, like I went through some, some traumatic experiences in my mid 20 uh, early to mid 20s and my initial feelings about it are completely different from uh, 5 years removed you know and i know that comes mm-hmm. down to experience and acceptance and being honest with yourself but it also comes down to just time you know g- taking mm-hmm. time to look at things and go do you know what like i feel totally different about it but then again i am a different person now so then, that's mm-hmm. a big aspect to it. You know what I mean? Like it, it <laughs> the time really does heal wo- all wounds and gives you a, a a fresh perspective with which to look at things and go, do you know what? Like maybe the way I saw it then is not the way it is. But you know mm-hmm. that doesn't that doesn't mean my f- I'm wrong to feel that way or or I was wrong to feel it then. It's just you feel what you feel in the moment what makes sense for you in that moment. And then you move past it and and you keep growing and progressing. And then after the fact you look at it and you're like, you know what, like this is what I'm taking from this. This is what I choose to yeah. learn from this, etc.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we hope that we can get to that place. I think that's, that's a hope. And I think that that's honestly a, a, Oh, I, the word that's coming through is like higher level thinking skill, but, but I think it is, it's a certain amount of awareness that you can gain and develop, hopefully, if you're the kind of person that's still allowing yourself the process, and you're moving on with your life, and you're doing your inner work, or your healing, or whatever that looks like for you. Absolutely. I think that, um, you know, we move, we can move from a place of really, when we have to acknowledge that there that something has happened you know whether that's a victimization or we've been traumatized whatever it is we have to actually be saturated in it and feel it that's where like even like with what you were saying around like and i was saying like you can't push through it you just have to allow yourself to be there right but then as you move beyond it and time does allow for a lot of things to settle then you can look back and have maybe a different perspective. You know, in the case for me, um, what came through is really just me beginning to understand and see my family, my family of origin, as people, and not just as like perpetrators, or like these horrific people, like, I'm not going to label them all as narcissists, you know? <laughs> like, I, I, you know, and mind you, there's probably is a few in there. Let's be real, but, but to see them as people absolved me of being constantly victimized by it, you know, to see that they are not, they're not just these people who did these really shitty things. Cause yes, they were, and they did those things, but they're also people and they did the best that they could with what they had. And I think that's where we can insert some forgiveness, right? Or at least a way of perspective of like that happened and it does not
0: define me. Yeah. And like the process of, I, there's a lot of think about that. I, and I totally agree. I think that, um, I look at it from the perspective of you're taking a weight off your shoulders, like a good example that comes to mind for me. And this is an extreme example and I really respect these people because I, don't know if i could do this mm-hmm. when you see sometimes people forgive their the killer of of um mm-hmm. whatever their child or something like that and there's a few videos online of this in courts and stuff and i think it takes a tremendous amount of um strength to do that um but i i have to look at it from the perspective of they're doing that for themselves not like in a selfish way but like It is selfish, but it's a good, it's a good, there's nothing wrong with being selfish to a degree, but like, it's about the process of healing and, 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 and understanding that when you forgive someone, you like release the energy, like you, you release that burden if you like. Absolutely. Um, And, and it's, that's the thing, like whoever's wronged you, I mean, some, look, some people are just ourselves. This is true. Oh, absolutely. People, there yeah. are
1: some really prickish yeah. people. Like, There's some people, and like, fuck, <laughs> let's fuck, be real.
0: Yeah, fuck them. But like, a lot of the time, as you said, like, it's, people are just people. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's the problem with yeah. when we talk about parents and family. Like, we often forget because we're like, oh, well, these people should be like this, and we we set these high standards and we compare to like, well, this is what these people have, and da 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 But we we don't consider all the different factors. Like maybe that's the best that our family could do given the current situation and like what they were raised with. That's the thing as well, like their upbringing mm-hmm. too and like everything that you contend with and what you feel you can do and so on and so forth. There's so many factors. It's never just black and white, you know? No, it's of not. Course,
1: it's not. Go ahead.
0: Sorry. No, I was just going to say like just as children and as young adults, like we don't appreciate that. And then when we become adults, I think we begin to understand that Mm -hmm. because we, you know, like I look at things from when I was a kid and I see it totally differently now, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, when we're kids, we're super egocentric, right? Like the world does literally revolve around us. (laughs) And as we grow, as we grow, we hopefully are getting to a more mature place where we recognize that it's not just focused on us. Unfortunately, people get stuck there. Mm. That's a big reason why I think people end up perpetuating their issues once they become adults because yeah. they haven't <clears throat> part of forgiving another person or for, and and for some maybe even the use of the word forgive might be too strong for them, but to to become to a place of neutrality. Like I'm neutral toward my family of origin now like i'm good i don't i i i don't necessarily use the word forgiveness because there's a bits and pieces where i'm like wow that was really fucked up we're never going there again you know and 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 also though but i've come to this place of neutrality and what that does when you get new, when you become neutral or you're able to forgive you're taking your sovereignty back like I'm taking my power back. I'm a sovereign individual, and that means that if you are are able to let that go in whatever way you can, that you can begin your healing journey in in a completely different way because it is not reliable on that person's apology. It's not relied on that person showing up for you different. It's not it's not making them change. it's 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 putting it completely in our hands. And and for me, I was one of those individuals, I realized I wanted that sovereignty back.
0: Right. Well, and
1: I'm also not defined by what happened to me,
0: right? You know, exactly. as somebody,
1: you know, I survived complex, um, sexual abuse as a child, all the way until I was 13 years old. And for a long time, because of what I needed to heal, I thought it was me, right? And it, it definitely. Um, I think, you know, it's a double edged sword, because there's so much of because of what I went through as a child being abused, that um, led to promiscuity that led then ending up into me being a very sensual person, incredibly, but I had to take ownership of it in that way, right? Because um, otherwise, I was going to be held in bondage with the the fact of what had happened to me and and it defining me. And that's that's where it gets into the deeper aspects of why it's so important. And we should all um, do some of this introspection because you know when we have things like that happen to us when we're kids and, and I would say as young as as 25 and under. I mean and just trauma is trauma. It doesn't really matter when you when it happens to you, but especially when you're young and it happens to you because we're so egocentric we assume it's us we assume that we are the reason why and it takes it takes getting in front of another person or sitting in community with others or having these kind of discussions to start recognizing that we have created a definition of ourselves that is reliant on that situation or that person place or thing and like your previous uh partner had said like it was it's taking ownership of our of our healing journey it's taking ownership of i am not what happened to me i'm not what happened to me that happened but i'm not it and that is when we get to redefine ourselves over and over and over and over again especially throughout life because it's not stagnant like I have a working, I call it a working definition of myself or like, you know, because it it needs to be modified. It's, you know, language is alive and so am I. And so I, I like to have a working definition and, and it gets to morph and change um, in its by design because I'm not who I was five years ago and how I look at what I went through as a child is different. And as I continue to grow from it, it's just another layer of understanding or another layer of my own autonomy that I've developed. And so I'm no longer, like I said, I no longer feel it's not charged for me anymore in the way that it used to be or in the way that it could be, you know, for someone who's still carrying that around with them, uh, it can... I think that's when it comes to like what we were talking about with people who are feeling deeply depressed or people who have some deep stuff coming up. I I, I don't always attribute it back to something that we had happened to us, but we're probably carrying around something.
0: When you say you know, charged, okay. like, do you mean like, yeah. you know, I'm not angry about it anymore.
1: Charged in the way that, mm, I mean it a, a little bit deeper than that, more on like, I would say like a somatic sense, right? Like, like for some people for the longest time for me, cigarette smoke was a trigger huh. for, I, I like, and it was just because of the way I grew up and like, that was constant in the oh, home and was part okay. of my right, abuse. Yeah. It was charged. I, I, and I say charged, meaning that it had an effect on me,
0: right? like okay. a
1: visceral effect, you know, like people can smell or hear or experience something that kind of gives them, that's what they would might maybe call like a flashback, you know, where mm-hmm. you're having an experience where the body is remembering
0: right. based yeah. on what's
1: happening in the present moment. So that's what I mean by charged. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting. Like, um, cause Especially like throughout the years, um, I've realized like the the nature of trauma. And you're an expert on this. Twenty-six years you've studied trauma. Mm. Um it's before I get into my question, I just want to kind of quickly just outline this. The one thing that I realized with trauma is that it's like something that unravels over time. And sometimes, sometimes it's obvious, but other times like you trip over it. But The triggers thing, I think, is a good example of that, because like you just outlined, it's something that reminds you of the conditions of something that you went through years prior. But you don't always necessarily realize that. Sometimes it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, no, this is like that. And that's why I'm consciously, this is why I hate this. Other times there's like a subconscious hatred or anger towards a specific thing. And you can't really put your finger on why, but it's probably related to that trauma. Mm Hmm. 26 years studying trauma. What are the key things you've learned about trauma within your studies?
1: Mm. Oh, well, you already, we already kind of dropped some of that language. Um, trauma creates triggers. Trauma creates triggers. We um, develop somatic and psychological uh, connections mm. to people, places, things, smells, the senses. And so when we start delving into and understanding trauma, it's an individual journey. I mean, we can do like an overarching umbrella is that we know that everybody experiences trauma, right? And it shows up in the form of like triggers. It can show up in the form of um, psychological disturbances, mental illness, um, looking at other things. But when one of the few things that I really like to educate people on with trauma is you know and also as somebody who I've been a body worker I've worn many hats in my life but I was also um, and have been a body worker for t- almost 20 years and um, Sorry, one of the was things,
0: a body worker
1: body worker massage therapist oh yeah. okay so yeah <laughs> cool um yeah and so you know the issues are in our tissues. And, and that's something that I use for massage, but it's also with trauma. You know, when you're a kid, we are adapting. We're, you know, we learn in elementary school all about evolution and adaptation, right? That animals adapt, but we're animals and children are very much more animalistic than we are as adults because they are reliant on their environment and their caregivers to take care of them. So they're going to adapt, to whatever conditions are present in order to survive. Mm-hmm. And so trauma is an adaptation, you know, and well, trauma is what happens, but we, the triggers and what we end up carrying with us is an adaptation to that trauma. And so that's one way that I really like to frame it because when we start really delving into who we are and how we show up, it can be painful to sometimes look at ourselves. You know, I have a client who just the other day was like, fuck, sometimes I feel like I'm kind of symptomatically, kind of really narcissistic, (laughs) you know? And I think that's another buzzword that's thrown out a lot these days. But I think what what they're speaking to is these symptoms or these aspects of self that um, go beyond just, being like self-care and being a little selfish in some ways. You know, it goes be a, a step further into seeing the ways that we manipulate, seeing the ways that we maybe fudge the truth or the way that we try to manage an environment or even manage other people by the way we choose, what we choose to share, what we choose to not share. You know, th- we can go into all these different um, layers, but to not zoom out too much to kind of keep it simple in the sense that if we are an adaptation on our environment and we understand that what we went through down the line caused certain behaviors and ways of being, that when we start to get out in the world, knowing that even just as a foundation, if we start there, then we can start going out into our world and we broadened our perspective, even just a smidge. And when we broaden our perspective a smidge, we might be able to look at why, you know, for me, I'll use an example, this is from early, early on. Um, And I used to have my kids remind me (laughs) that traffic was my Zen practice because I would get really agitated while driving really agitated. Oh, gosh. Um, And, you know, when I when I bring it back to, you know, when I think about it, well, duh, yeah, it was because I had some trauma in the car with my step parent, blah, 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 blah. But, but, you know, to an average human being, it's just that traffic sucks. You know they're not going to look at it like, oh, well, I'm going to trace it back to my stepdad who was in the car and this is what happened, like, you know, and 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 maybe it's not that necessary. I think it's kind of funny. I saw a video recently that was like, you know, you you know, you're in the car with somebody who's been through trauma, but they've been through a bit of therapy because they'll be like, oh, that person who swerved reminds me of this one time that my dad did X, Y, Z, and that's why I have trauma, like, <laughs> and then. But, you know, I think um, for so many of us, it doesn't even matter what happened. I mean, we can get to that. But what matters is that in the present moment, you feel angry and anxious and irritable and you feel inflexible and your relationships are suffering and you're not feeling good in your body. Like, let's talk about the here and now symptoms of what's going on. And let's talk about how you prefer to feel. Like, I would prefer to feel at ease while driving and not feel like,
0: no you know, really?
1: a car. I, I wish I was <laughs> driving in a bumper car and I just would, like, like ran into him. You know, gosh, I would feel so satisfying sometimes. <laughs> but we can't do that, you know. Um, I actually have a funny uh, meme that, for me, it's really relevant because of where I came from. And it was, like, it's all yoga because punching people in the face is frowned upon, you know, because, like, that's really what it came down to is yes i had some experiences that opened up the door to me exploring my internal environment my my behaviors how I was feeling but it was really the here and now experiences that I was having that were so displeasing and uncomfortable i was tired of feeling anxious i was tired of feeling depressed i was tired of feeling anxious and depressed in the same day like how can you have both you know i was i was exhausted on being triggered and i didn't even know that they were triggers I didn't even know what to call them at the time. They were just like constant things in my environment that felt like they were bombarding me and creating all of this turmoil. And it was all outside of me. But little did I know it was actually all really kind of going on. I mean, yes, there's stuff that goes on outside of us. And the you know, the it's a uh, what do I want to say? There's. There's a kind of a a line of understanding when something is really truly in our environment displeasing and we must do something now versus I have some anxiety, depression, unresolved issues, unresolved trauma, things going on inside of me and therefore are affecting my ability to perceive fully, you know, those things get in the way. Uh, So I think it's the key things, you know, it's a layered answer. You know, I give a layered answer because it's not so simple. It's not so cut and dry. But I will say that trauma, as far as my understanding and, and what I've studied, really can be used as an umbrella term for just any of the things that have happened to us, but then how we show up in our current environment is really what we need to be focused on. And if we want to feel better, if we really want to feel better, then we can start unpacking those things little by little because we don't need to go as far back as we absolutely need to in order to understand that we want inner peace now.
0: Moving it forward, um, you mentioned earlier that you – so I knew that you were a licensed massage therapist, but you said you did for 20 years. Is that right? Yeah.
1: Well, 19 years, it'll be going on 20
0: oh still cool, yeah. cool 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 i gotta ask to bring it to bring so because obviously we've been this has been the heavy conversation let's bring somebody like, yeah let's do it levity.
1: let's do it please
0: strangest interactions you've had so far there's got to yeah, there's, there's be some <laughs> interactions that left you like
1: hmm. <laughs> okay um you know god i hate to say it, sometimes it's like a creepy dude Oh, you know, um, I haven't had too many. I can think of one and he was just, just the weirdest guy. He just like he walked into I worked at this really high end spa. and He walked in. Yeah, he's just like a creepy dude and i don't know he really wanted me to like massage his palms like for an hour and i was just like what, <laughs> what yeah it was really weird he just wanted me to massage his palms like he was like just stay just massage my hands i was like for the whole hour yes all right all right but it Bye must dinner. be to do with like <laughs> eye
0: contact it's got to be something like that i guess
1: I guess, I don't know. I like to cover people's eyes so that it's not, you know, it's an interesting field when you really think about it. It (laughs) is weird. It's funny. You know, I love the work. It's incredible work. Yeah. Um, I've learned so much. It really goes hand in hand. There's a, I think there's truly a reason why I ended up becoming a massage therapist because it is connected to everything I went through. want to talk about ownership. You know, I moved from not being in control of my body obviously going through the abuse I went through coming into being a massage therapist that I, I get to have in my own way, a really healthy way of what touch hmm. is um, for me. That's so yeah, the yeah. strangest thing. That's probably the strangest. It's probably the strangest overall. I ran my own business, so I have great clients. Um, the work is incredible. Uh Yeah i'd say that's the weirdest one i was like you want me to rub your hands for the next hour all right dude whatever
0: (laughs) was he was he like a regular client client for a long time no
1: he just walked in and we never get walk-ins either you know it's a very high-end spa like five-star spa so it was really just he was just like a weird like older dude and we were like and i came down and i was like can i maybe not ever massage him ever again please
0: All right, a couple Mm. of final questions for you that I ask every guest. Um, Biggest mistake that you've made that you learned a valuable life lesson from?
1: Mm. Oh, gosh. Okay, give me like 30 seconds to think on that one. Biggest mistake I've made that I've learned a life lesson. Oh, wow. Um you know I don't know if it's like a real specific example of a mistake that I made of like one time I did this and I learned xyz it's probably been more of a collective thing of like biggest mistake um yeah it's the one that's just coming through is just to not people please so much mm. to not people please so much it's a mistake it's a mistake i know that we wanna be giving and it's but but when we say yes when we really need me, no, we really like we really shoot ourselves in the foot on that one. And then we you know so I would just say that one. If I think of anything else, I'll blurt it out. But um, I'm sure I've made plenty of mistakes.
0: <laughs> What's the best advice you've ever received?
1: Mm, immediately, what comes to mind is I was in massage school. And this was before I'd actually even started uh, really um, delving super deep into my own therapy and healing journey. And I was still very fiery and she's still in there. She does. I like to channel her into better directions, you know, Um, but I remember I was in the office of the owner of my massage school. We're still very good friends. Her name is Gina Simpson. She's amazing. And. I remember just, I was so upset about something. It was like probably financial aid or something. And I was stressed about money. My kids were really little. They were one and three years old. And she took my hands into hers. And she just was like, Holly, if you approach the world with closed fists, be prepared to fight. And I don't know why it just always stuck with me because I am, I'm a fighter. I'm stubborn. I have a lot of fire in me. Um, And I like that about me. But I also think that that's been a common thread. Um, Maybe that's the real mistakes that I've made is like I've mistakenly put myself into fights that I didn't need to fight. You know, they're not mine to fight. And um, yeah, that was the best advice I'd ever gotten because it really stuck with me. And that's been what, 20 years. And I still reach out to her and I'm like, Gina, I love you. Like, thank you for saying that, you know, I still to this day.
0: What's the biggest life lesson you've learned so far?
1: Hmm. Gosh, I feel like I just mentioned two. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. No, but like with with this, it's like, I like to kind of just go. I love it. Whatever the first thing the person feels. Yeah. Because I think people struggle.
1: I love it. You struggle
0: because you feel like, oh, I've got to say something profound. It's like, no, just say what you (laughs) feel. Just say what comes to mind. What you feel, you know?
1: What was the most profound life lesson? Um, honestly, uh, that one comes to mind and it's near and dear to my heart. Is that um for my whole life I've been seeking and seeking and seeking and seeking something outside of me. And there was a point in time as a mother where I and I remember going into my therapist office and saying this, where I was like, I've been seeking the universe and I had it in front of me the entire time. Like my children are a walking embodiment of creation. And they came out of me like, what? that that's the most profound thing. Like, and, and it, it's wild because yes, I should have realized that like, obviously when I was pregnant and having them and when they're infants, but no, it took, it took a few years in to my own journey to, and I remember like going and laying with them and just having this really beautiful, profound experience of feeling more connected with them than I ever had, because I was like, I have spent the last like X amount of years seeking outside of myself, or seeking something outside of this little family unit I have, and I have them right in front of me. And I was like, "Ah," like waterworks, you know?
0: Final question for you. Do you have any upcoming projects or final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Well, I'm in Mexico right now for the next seven months. I just got settled in. So I'm going to be teaching yoga down there. If anybody's going to be down in Todos Santos or in the Cabo area in Baja, California, sir. Um, I also have an offer, a lot of great things at my website, rebellionroadcoaching.com. Um, I offer individual services and then I'm going to be crafting a workshop here in Baja. Um, I offer them in Colorado, uh, but it's a uh, ashes to alchemy inner, pl- inner child shadow play. And so it's just a, a really beautiful shadow work experience and workshop. So keep your eyes out for that, or you can find me on social media as well. Woo!
0: Absolute pleasure yeah. having you on the show. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank and just you so much. Educating us. Appreciate that. Thank yeah. you.
1: Thank you for having me, Christian. This is great. This is so much fun. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Very Pleasure's cool.
0: Mine, as always. Uh, to all the listeners of the Christian Reeve podcast, yeah, make sure you go check out Holly's work and go support her. And in addition, if you want to support the show, and you like what we're doing here, go to patreon.com/slash Christian Subscribe, get your access to bonus content, exclusive Patreon content, and much, much more. Make sure to leave us a review on Podchaser, which is sort of dubbed the IMDb of podcasting, apparently. I don't know. This is what they tell me. um Also, mm-hmm. subscribe on YouTube, leave us a comment, a like, share, subscribe, all that deal. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to this show. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. It really, really helps us out. And most importantly, be safe, be well, and I'll see you in the next one.